Hey there, Void. I'm Anna. And I'm Jocelyn. And you're listening to episode two of Escape Expeditions, a podcast where we talk about escape game reviews, recommendations, and other industry nonsense. Here's the jingle. We want the jingle. Starting route to Escape Expeditions. Continue listening for 45 minutes. All right, well, we wanted to personally thank each and every person that listened to our pilot episode last week. The response has been really great, and we were just so happy that you guys love the content as much as we love creating it. Yay! Yay! Thanks. So we hope that you guys will keep listening, and we will keep giving you our opinions on things. But mostly escape games. But mostly escape games, yeah. So we're going to switch it up a bit this week. We talked a little bit about a lot of different venues last week Mm -hmm. and our top five criteria for what makes a great game. So we're going to use that criteria to tell you our top five games in the Tampa, Florida market. Yeah, exactly. When we were thinking of what to talk about in this episode, we thought maybe we'll do top 10 games that we love in Orlando. And it just became kind of redundant with what we talked about last week. So we thought... Switching to Tampa might be a little bit more interesting. So what we're going to try to do is talk about each game in our top five. And for each game, we're going to talk about the story, what the story is in the game. um, What is its production value, immersion, puzzles that we like, what we didn't like. And finally, our overall thoughts and our overall experience for each game. And for this list, we did collaborate and we came up with one list for both of us because we have played quite a few games in tampa like i would say most of them yeah but um it's not as many as we did in orlando um we figured that a top five would be better than like a top 10 or something and we also figured that our list would probably be very similar so we just decided to consolidate into one list and we mostly agreed i would say yeah we'll talk about that so let's get started so our number five is the game Skinned Alive, which is at the venue Escape Thrill, which is actually in Clearwater, but it's kind of, you know, less than a 30-minute drive from Tampa. Yeah, so to start, I'm just going to read what they tell you the story is. Yeah, go ahead. Serial killer Herbert Venter has mm. just abducted you in a scheme to steal your identity, particularly the skin on your face. Oh, no. He has taken you to an abandoned house and locked you in a basement where you joined several other victims already in his captive. As authorities attempt to untangle a complicated web of deadly crime scenes in an investigation that spans several states, your time is running out. Herbert has left for an hour, naturally. As most serial killers (laughs) do. To gather his carving tools. And now it is your chance to escape. So pretty much sounds like a very standard serial killer game. Yes. With a very unique twist of he would love to steal your face. Delicious. Yeah, yeah a little dark. It's very dark. Yeah. I feel like a lot of escape game themes are like, if you don't escape in 60 minutes, you will die. Or the world will end. Or the bomb will explode and you will die. Yeah. But anyway, what I really liked production value wise, the next thing in our criteria, is that this game used... The space that it had, I thought, very um, in a very smart way. Yeah. It's actually quite a small room in terms of footprint, mm-hmm. but the way that they lay it out makes it actually feel like a multi-room game. Yeah, it's technically a one-room game, but they use like some kind of fencing situation to make it really feel like you're getting into a new space. Yeah. And in terms of immersion, you actually start off the game with like these really kind of grotesque looking like face skin masks yeah they're like blindfold but of skin yeah and they actually they make you put a blindfold on first like just over your eyes yeah and then you put on like this halloweeny skin type mask and then you have to like conga line style into the room into the room which is pitch black when you go into it and then the game master just like tells you okay like you can only take off your masks after the recording ends and it's like you know this ominous 
recording of the serial killer talking about how he's gonna steal your face and i'll be back in one hour ha 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 yeah but he sounds much scarier than that yeah no i thought i sounded pretty scary maybe okay i thought it the listeners will think that i'm scary probably not let me know listeners if you think i'm scary (laughs) or not i'm not i know i'm not anyway so that i thought was a really unique part of it yeah i agreed and i'm gonna rewind a little bit to story Mm -hmm. which is kind of Mostly us telling you what the game is about, but also how the game incorporated story into the game. Mm-hmm. I said game too many times, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but this game has a lot of story elements all the way through. Yeah, the definitely the skin carving element of the yeah. story incorporates itself into every single puzzle. Right, and things that you're doing, you are learning more about the other people who are there with you mm-hmm. and the serial the, killer. The other victims that there have been in the past that didn't make it. Right. And like maybe ones who will make it or maybe ones who will not. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, this is the still, I think, the only game that we've ever played that had a bonus puzzle that was solely for story purposes. Yeah, I do remember this. Yeah. Obviously, we're not going to spoil it for anyone who has not played. Right. But it's kind of like a choice type situation. Yeah. Where, you know, you can choose to end the game or you can choose to keep going for a little bit longer to really get like a final ending to, you know, the whole serial killer story, which I thought was super unique and super... um yeah, like the choice, like choosing to continue, right, doesn't affect if you win the game or not, but it affects the story that you tell. Yeah, which we I don't think we have seen since then. No, not I don't think so. Yeah, it was really a really... Immersive experience. Im- yes, thank you for finishing my sentence. Yes. As we talk about number three, immersion. Right, yeah. Obviously, you know, going in with masks and following all of these clues with different skin pieces lying around like obviously that's very immersive so there's also one thing that we absolutely can't spoil but it is very high up there on the most insane immersion things we've seen in a game ever yeah yes yeah. i'm just gonna stop myself there because i feel like i will spoil it if i keep yeah. talking about but it but yeah so definitely it's like a must there. see yeah like something that we left the game and we were still like we had to ask the game master, so, like, did that, was that actually what we thought it was? Yeah. We talk about it now, still. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, oh, definitely a wow moment for, yeah, for us. absolutely. So, I think we kind of already touched on puzzles, which was the next part of our criteria. Yeah. Yeah, I touched on it a little bit about them all being integrated really well into the story. Mm-hmm. There's a really cool, like, physical puzzle at the beginning, I remember. Mm-hmm. Which I'm always a big fan of, so that was cool. And there was some more non-physical, what is the word, like mental? Logic Logic, type. cerebral. Cerebral. Ooh, that sounds Ooh. fancy. Kind of puzzles all the way through. There's a good variety, I thought. Mm-hmm. I agree. And for me, that's really important to have a variety of things because I get kind of bored like when every puzzle is find the four-digit number for yeah, this thing. Absolutely. And it yeah. wasn't that. It wasn't. I mean, also, it was, like, a little claustrophobic, which I think added to the immersion factor. Also, Anna does not like scary games at all. So, the fact that she loved this game so much, I think, speaks to how good of a game that it was. Because you could get past the scare to, like, really appreciate it. This is true. I really am just not good with scary things at all. Haunted houses, jump scares, blood. I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me, like, quite a few years to even be able to go to a haunted house and, like, say that I actually had fun and keep my eyes open the entire time. But I think one of the reasons we even went to this game in the first place is because it came very, very highly yeah. recommended by some other people that we respected in the industry. And so Jocelyn said, no, okay, it's going to be scary, but, like, it's also going to be really fun and the puzzles are going to be really good. Yeah. And you can do all the puzzles and I'll do all of the scary stuff. And I was like, okay, all right, you convinced me. And I mean, I was still very scared, but I feel like the other option, which was, you know, to die, (laughs) was a little bit scarier than just, you know, figuring out the puzzles. Yeah, of course. A lot of motivation. Very, very motivating. 
So I would say, I mean, our last criteria is overall experience. I feel like the... I would like to say something about that. Mm-hmm. So I remember at, we haven't played at this venue in a long time. But mm-hmm. before we played this games, there are other games had iPads as their clue system. Mm-hmm. And it was terrible. Like not game breaking, like we wouldn't go back. But it definitely was not preferable as a clue system. Yeah. And this game, when we played it, did not have that. Mm-hmm. so it was very refreshing and when you say ipads what you mean is they had like a tablet in the yeah. game and essentially what you would do is if you had a puzzle say if there was like a drawer that you wanted unlocked and yeah. you couldn't figure out how to unlock it you would click the picture of that drawer on the tablet and it would give you a clue about how to solve that and then if you still couldn't solve it you would click it again and it would give you like a more detailed clue and then if you clicked it a third time it would just give you the solution right. so there was like that for every single puzzle in their other games which i mean is obviously immersion breaking yeah for but sure. for this game i think there was just like a doorbell mm-hmm. by the by the exit and you just had to click it, and then the game master would come over and give you a clue yeah so it worked much better that way than the tablet situation for sure yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that really that really helped with the overall experience for this game as well. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to say about Skinned Alive? Oh, also it says not recommended for those under fifteen. Mm. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean it's about being skinned alive. Yeah, it's very dark. I remember walking down the hallway to this game and they have a bloody handprint yeah. like as if someone had been dragged into the room and they had wrapped their hands around the side of the door jam mm-hmm. and like scraped their bloody hands like over the wall into the room and it was just obviously like you're playing an escape game right so you know that it's not real but for me i was just like mm, that doesn't really look like a kind of door i want to walk into <laughs> but i guess i paid 30 dollars to do it so it's time yeah. to go yeah. it was definitely worth it yes all right, so moving on to our number four. Mm-hmm, which is? Which is Dungeon at Legends Escape Room. And I'm still, I don't know, I guess it's called Dungeon 7, or Dungeon VII, 7 in seven. Roman numerals. So I'm not sure why. Me either. We'll get there. Can okay. you tell us what the story is? I will. This one's a lot shorter. You find yourself in a medieval European dungeon. No mercy will be given. Naturally. Your team's skills will be tested in order to escape your ill fate from the executioner. Difficulty level 5 out of 5. I would agree that the difficulty level is 5 out of 5. Yeah, I think we had like 30 seconds left. Yeah. Also, I would like to note that we're currently looking at the website for this venue and the game right next to it says difficulty level 5 plus. (laughs) <laughs> so not to say that five out of five is a hundred percent difficult apparently for this venue but right. anyway i digress <laughs> okay so that's the story want to do production value next yeah absolutely so i think that in terms of medieval dungeon games that we played it was really cool inside and yeah. very convincing i think it's really easy to say that you're going to build like a fantasy or medieval type game and just put some brick wallpaper on and turn some of the lights down and yeah. like say, oh, you're in a dungeon. That obviously for us does not cut it. Mm-hmm. I think that this game looked really cool and very convincing. Yeah, and it had a good variety. It wasn't just all stone walls and like prison cells. There was, yeah. You started there, but it changed into a lot more things all mm-hmm. the way through. I would agree. And I think that in terms of immersion i think the immersion was great there was very few there was no number locks right i yeah i can't remember i don't think there was any padlocks at all i think there was a few key locks but the rest of it was all tech Mm -hmm. or like physical tasks yeah which is obviously a favorite for us we love doing physical tasks yeah, I, I think there was a few key things. Yeah. I mean, part of what you go through as part of the dungeon is like the torture chamber. Yeah. And pretty um, convincing scenic all the way through. There was a severed head. Yeah. Also, that's pretty gnarly. We're, it sounds like we like really grotesque games. Yeah. We're, but, but that's not true. No. 
But yeah, we don't only like horror, grotesque, skinny, skinned, alive games. It just happened to be, you know, good ones in Tampa. Yeah. As far as the puzzles go, um, I thought some of them were really unique and interesting and mm-hmm. fun. Um, there were some that I, like, didn't think were really part of, like, a dungeon type scenario but that's not to say that they weren't like enjoyable or like really like fun to figure out or anything i just i wasn't totally convinced that they were all part of the medieval theme right yeah additionally there was a lot of scavenger hunt i think in parts and we were notoriously terrible at scavenger very bad at finding things yeah it's our it's our downfall I would say. I would say. It's our Achilles heel. Oh my God. The majority of the time when we ask for clues, the clue will be, have you investigated like behind that curtain? It's like, no, I have not. Why don't I? And it's just like, you know, an extra. Except for that one time that was like, have you taken apart the chair? Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. Have you looked underneath the third leg of this chair? Have you unscrewed it from (laughs) the chair? Have you deconstructed the props in the game? No. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, we're very bad at finding things. So that was our downfall in this game. And we did only finish it with like 30 seconds left. And we had two other people there helping us. I think overall, I mean, there was a lot of good variety of different things to do in there. Yeah. Like in the torture chamber, there was like different body parts and stuff that you would have to interact with. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good mix. And the ending was really cool. Yeah, the ending was really cool. I think it was pretty tech-driven. Yeah, for sure. And there was, it was very intense at the end because we were running basically for the last five minutes yeah. trying to solve like three puzzles mm-hmm. and barely succeeding in time. So I always love when that happens in a game. Yeah, we feel very accomplished. Yeah. If you, the best games I think are when you have, when you have played for 59 minutes and 59 seconds. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think in terms our overall experience, this is the last, I mean, we've hit on it already. I don't think we need to to say any more. Say no more. You've already explained everything. Also, the customer service at Legends was pretty good. Yeah. Right. It was okay. I wouldn't say it was like, like very exceptionally over the moon different, but yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. When you ask for a clue, they give you a clue. Yeah. That's it. Check you in. It's fine. All right. Okay, so. Additionally, we have played, before we move on from Legends, we've played a few of their games and I wanted to give an honorable mention to Moonshine Cabin, which I also liked a lot. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to also talk about it because I have similar things to say about it um, to Dungeon. So if you're going to Legends, I would also check out Moonshine Cabin. Yeah. And as a side note, I mean, we tried to keep our top five lists as only one game from a particular venue because there are a lot of venues that we like multiple of their games we just didn't want our top five to have three from one venue and none from another one which we think is equally as good right so i mean legends is a great place to check out if you're in the tampa area we've played all their games except one i actually did not play moonshine cabin jocelyn played it with her mom but they really enjoyed it, and I remember her texting me right after she played it, and she was like, I'm sad that you didn't get to play this with us. It was so good. It was so much better than the other ones we've played there. We've got to go back and play Wild West Heist because I want to figure out what's going on with Wyatt Earp. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't even get her started on Earps if you're familiar with sci-fi, a particular sci-fi <laughs> show. But anyway, yeah. check out Legends. We really liked it. Dungeon was our favorite game there. Moonshine Cabin also gets an honorable mention. All right. So we're going to move on to number... Where are we? Three? Number three. Yeah. Our number three is Shadows of the Skunk Ape Part 1. And this is at Rabbit Hole Escape Games. Yeah. So I'm going to read the story to get us started. Yes. During the summer of 1984, you were in park ranger training at Cabbage Lake State Park. Hmm. During the park's event, an item was stolen from the park. It's up to you to find the missing item and get all the campers to safety due to approaching heavy storms. Very Florida. (laughs) You discover there's a mysterious protector in the park, the lurking skunk ape, and he's quite upset with the thieves. Maybe you can join forces with this odd creature to accomplish your mission? 
You know what I just thought of that's really funny is we raved so much last week about a Sasquatch game, and this is essentially the Florida (laughs) version of a Sasquatch game. Yeah. The skunk ape is like basically a giant furry forest monster. Yeah, he is. He's the Florida Sasquatch. Is that like, that's like our, what you need to do to get a really great game, in our opinion, is to just throw a giant furry monster in there? Yes. If your game has a giant furry monster, I will play it. (laughs) I will drive hours to play it. Now it's out there in the universe. You can't take it back now. Yep. All right. So in terms of production value, so as the story says, you start out in park ranger training, which starts in a cabin, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And in this game, you actually start outside of the cabin. Like the briefing part starts outside of like a museum kind of situation. Yeah. It's supposed to make it look like some kind of historical society esque museum and it has all these display cases with like different skunk ape artifacts and mm-hmm. like different artifacts about the area of cabbage lake i suppose kind of like as if you were going into a museum like at your own state park yeah wherever you live so it actually looked like what they say that you're doing it's not just like oh here's our lobby and now you're gonna walk into the store yes. enjoy this white door yeah we like walk through this whole back hallway and into this area that made it look like we were being transported into the cabbage lake state park yeah it was really cool and so you started out in the cabin mm-hmm. and that i think it was very immersive it looked so cool on the inside it wasn't just like your typical like, oh, we're going to paint the walls to make it look like it's wood. Yeah. It, like, looked like you were actually inside a cabin. And the story beats worked pretty well because you started off inside of this cabin and you're just supposed to be, like, investigating or whatever. Things take a turn, mm-hmm. I would say. And you start finding, like, park ranger tools and, like, equipment that you can use to solve the puzzles, but also to move through the game. Yeah, you find all these tools. There's, like, a utility belt that you can put on. And like, you know, you're using all your park ranger gadgets and things and you really get into the part. Yeah. And in terms of immersion, obviously, like all these different tools and everything, like it makes you feel like you're actually trying to become a park ranger. You're joining the crew. You got your belt on. You got your flashlight. You got your compass. Yeah. And And you don't know when you need to use these things either. It's like you have a kit of tools Mm -hmm. and like as you're solving the puzzles in the escape game sense you're like maybe i need my compass or my flashlight or whatever you know yeah so like and you can put it in your little pack so you (laughs) so you feel like very very uh prepared prepared anything and forest rangery as you venture out into the forest which is a pretty good indoor outdoor Outdoor. situation that they have there yeah um i i agree and i liked in the sense that it you know you were in your park ranger mode and got your all your gear and you need to figure out what it is you need to use yeah. in order to solve the puzzles. It's not just like, and here is where I do my north, south, east, and west puzzle for my directional lock. Yeah. Or like, I have opened this box full of this thing. Maybe I should now use it. It was yeah. like you had things at your disposal because you were a park ranger, not because you unlocked them. Right. Yeah. And in terms of the puzzles, you want to touch on a little bit more about that? Sure. There was a lot of back and forth. We got into the forest and then sometimes we had to move around into different parts of it Mm -hmm. and interact with different elements. And also, all the way through, there's like hints of the skunk ape. Yeah, it's looming. The looming skunk ape. Yeah, and you're like, is he a friend? Is he a foe? I don't know. (laughs) What am I trying to do? Is he going to help me? Is he going to hurt me? Also, is it storming? Is he real? Yeah. I don't know. And there was like a lot of puzzles. Most of the time when we're playing games, it's usually just the two of us. Yeah. So that inherently puts us at a disadvantage because most places, I mean, don't have games games that that are designed for two people. So most of the time we have to like book it, you know, we have to try to play everything super quickly and still try to like take in all of the steps and everything in that sense. But we're also trying to actually finish within the 60 minutes. Yeah, so we're also, like, running. And we're like, oh, this is beautiful. Uh, (laughs) The code is this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that game was a a good challenge for us in that sense. Because it was just the two of us. And we were, you know, running the whole time and yelling and going back and forth. 
But we end, we did end up finishing in time, yeah. and I was, like, sweating by the end of it. But I'm glad that we got to see all of it and figure out whether the skunk ape was real or not. Yeah. You have to find out for yourself. As far as overall experience goes, I like that it starts in the lobby and they bring you into, like, the beginning of this place. And then you've, you're immediately, you're in the story in the briefing instead of, like, do not stand on the furniture. Yeah. Do not use your phone, you know. Put in all those rules in the context of park ranger training. Right, exactly. Which is really cool. It's smart. Yeah. And we also immediately played part two. Naturally. Which, which this game is called Shadows of the Skunk Ape. The second game is called Secrets of the Skunk Ape, which is a direct sequel to Shadows. Basically everything we've said about this game I would say the same thing about that game. It's just, I feel like the setting and the integration of the puzzles with the story in the f- part one, for me, is what edged it out a little bit over the second part. Yeah, I would agree. I liked the first one a little bit better. But the second one is also great. Yeah, they're still definitely, like, must-play, recommend-to-everyone type of games. Yeah, um, and these are at Rabbit Hole Escape Games. Yeah, which also actually just opened America's first escape room putt putt yeah which we have not yet gotten to go play soon we will go soon it's every time we try to go play i think they only have time slots available in the evening and for us it's you know like a two and a half hour drive so we have yet to to make it out there but we have heard excellent things yeah it's like putt putt mini golf but like you also have to solve escape game puzzles along the way Mm -hmm. and there's no time limit either you can just play through it like you would a putt putt Right, yeah. So that sounds super different and super fun. So we're really excited to go try it out. All right, so we can go ahead and move on to our number two, which is Dreamweaver at Imagine Escape Games. Yes, and now I will tell you the story. Yes, tell us the story. Story time. Far underground lines the ancient and powerful Dreamweaver. You embark on a quest to unearth and harness its mystical forces. Beware, you aren't the only one searching. Don't let the dark prince's evil magic possess you. Ooh, evil magic. Yeah, so the big thing about Imagine, also, on a story note, is that all their games are chapters in the same story. Mm-hmm. So Dreamweaver is actually chapter three. So I would recommend playing chapters zero, one, and two. Yes. First, before playing three. They do have this whole overarching storyline, um where i think his name is neil his, savage I think it's neil yeah neil i don't know if his last name is savage maybe i just made that up no but i think that's it he is wow i just remember that off the top of my head he is trapped in a book yeah um and each of their games is a different chapter in the book that you're traveling to in order to you know get the object or whatever the objective is for that particular game but they all do weave into each other Yes. And Dreamweaver is Imagine's most recent game that they put out. So in my opinion, I think it's their best one because it just seemed like they got all that experience from building their all their other games and really made this one their best one yet. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So first off, production value. Dreamweaver, like you were saying, is definitely the biggest and most impressive looking of Imagine's mm-hmm. games. Definitely. You definitely pulled out all the stops for it. Even if you just look at the pictures on their website, you can see that there are stairs in this game. It's got it's on multiple levels. The texture on the wall looks really authentic. It's like made to look like you're outside in like a marketplace slash bazaar type situation. Yeah. So I thought that was really convincing and really beautiful. And the game moves on from there and the scenic in those places is also top notch all the way around yeah absolutely Um, has some fun surprises that we will not spoil so in terms of the puzzles of this game um imagine always does a really good job of coming up with fun and unique puzzles that we don't really see in other places yeah and they're not afraid of letting you throw things Mm -hmm. or do things that are normally not allowed yeah escape games if it makes sense in the story and they can work it in then they do so for me, a big spatial puzzle fan, shout out to Mike and Imagine, who likes spatial puzzles a lot. I'm a big fan of them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's it's really fun because it fits in organically with the space. It's not just like take this random thing and throw it up to the ceiling just because. Right. It like actually makes sense. Like I don't know how he does it, but yeah, as he to does. why you would be doing it, yeah, it's really fun. I would agree, and they do have a lot of puzzles that ha- are very layered and very intricate, which for us as a two-player team can be really challenging to try to like focus all of our intention on a puzzle that might have four or five different layers yeah especially in dreamweaver there was like i remember we were doing separately we were each doing a puzzle that had four or five steps Mm -hmm. and we couldn't even talk to each other because there was so much going on and we were we were so like focused on our one specific part and then we had to put them all together and that, I think, was, like, really satisfying to be able to do that. So that's something that I can see throughout a lot of Imagine's games is they have these multi-step type of things to lead to one outcome. Yeah. But it requires a lot of, like, small steps along the way, which I think is really good for bigger teams. Yeah. Because you never have those awkward moments where someone is just, like, standing there waiting for something to happen in terms of, like, a lot more linear games. Mm-hmm. So I think that a bigger group would have a lot of fun in this game as well. Versus us, where we were, like, <laughs> trying so hard. We did okay. I think we escaped in, like, 61 minutes, yeah. somewhere around there, but not without running. Yeah, not without running. Also, as a side note, I liked mm-hmm. when we went to go play this game, we asked if the owners were there so we could talk to them to say how much we loved the game. And our game master actually said, oh, no, they're off today. And it was like a Saturday night. And I was just so happy that they were able to get to the point where they could take a day off. Yeah, I remember when we played Jungle Jam, their first game, we were working in escape artists, mm-hmm. working at escape artists at, at the time. And we were in Sanford at like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we called them and we we're like, hey, I could be there in two hours. Can you run? Can, will you run a game? And they did. I think it was something crazy. Like, they had a game on the schedule that was, I think, 11.30 p.m. And we're like, hey, could you run this at, like, 11.45? And he was, Mike was like, yeah, sure, of course. And we didn't get there till midnight. And, oh, yeah. my God, I was so mortified. And then we played the game. And then we talked to them for, like, it, two, two hours. hours. Yeah, we didn't leave till, like, 2.30, 3 in the morning. Because they're just so, they're so passionate about the industry. And they're such genuine people. Yeah. Um, And they really, like... They, I mean, they didn't know how many games we played at the time, like if we were enthusiasts or not or whatever, but they just genuinely wanted to hear our feedback because they yeah. like are just so excited about like making their games better and making the best possible product they can. So yeah, that was my side note was that I was so happy that they <laughs> got to a point where they could let the business operate on its own and be able to take a Saturday night off when we went to go play this game. Exactly. And we are big fans of all of Imagine's games. We just picked Dreamweaver for this list because we think it is the best one yeah for the previously mentioned reasons yes but yes cool all right so that was our number two on our top five tampa list number one is actually a game that we played fairly recently like within the last month or two yeah and as soon as we played it it immediately jumped to the top of our list and it is scorched at outer life studios which is actually in saint petersburg but that's close enough for close this Close enough. List. Yep. And we played this game and we were blown away. We absolutely adored it. So yes. Jocelyn is going to give you a snapshot of the story because we're looking at the story on the website right now and it is about six paragraphs long. So she's going to give you the short version. Yeah. Deep reds, warm shades of yellow, no two ever the same, yet each as familiar as a friend. The only entry in an old journal whose pages are as yellow as the fire those words describe. Words written by a then young John Doran, a loner raised in a fatherless home by his mother, though rarely did she act like one, always insisting that he grow up or stop acting like a child. You will be inside the childhood home of John Doran, and he knows you're there. The door is locked, a match is struck. You have 60 minutes to find and use these clues to make your escape before you two end up scorched. Ooh, another super ominous and kind of morbid game. Yeah, definitely morbid. But this one, even on just on the website for us, was super intriguing because you're actually inside of a burning building? What? Yeah, that's a bold move as an escape game. Yeah, 
And we obviously had never seen a theme like this before. I mean, most games, you know, play off their 60 minute time limit as like, you know, the guards have been gone for 60 minutes or like this person's not going to come back for another 60 minutes or whatever. But this one is like, the building is on fire. You need to get out. So I'm like, okay, that's a very real thing. Yeah. And the story is there all the way through. And that's tied into immersion, I think, because by far, this is the most immersive game on this list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In terms of production value, you know, the game says that you're in a burning building. You feel like you're in a burning building. It is hot in there. It is cramped. It is like the smell of burning is there. Yeah. And a thing about John is that when he was a kid, he had these small passageways that he used to move throughout the house and you discover some of them and move through the house that way Mm -hmm. in some ways that we have never experienced in a game some ways that i was like how did the saint petersburg fire code like people not like shut this place down already yeah but we talked to them it's all clear so yeah it was just that crazy yeah and i would say if you are a claustrophobic person you should not play this game. Correct. Also, I wouldn't say the game is scary at all. There's no. no jump scares or anything like that. It's definitely creepy overall as a vibe and, and like very suspenseful. Yeah, and like it fe- you feel hot and a little bit claustrophobic and stuff and if that is scary to you, yeah. But I know you're not a big jump scare fan mm-hmm. and this game doesn't have that so as a good precursor, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. The puzzles I would say were actually all fairly simple yeah the puzzles i think is the weakest out of the five in this list but i you know you say that it's the weakest and like i kind of agree with that but i think that it's more about the experience of just like being in that space and actually feeling like this is a real situation you're in yeah the puzzles in that sense for me were perfect because it wouldn't make sense for there to be a really long and drawn out logic puzzle in this type of scenario. Of course. Um, And I think that what they did have in there all was incorporated well into the story. It all had to do with, you know, this disturbed child who was raised by a single mother who died and was cremated and now he's trying to, you know, put you on fire. Like, I think all of that made perfect sense in terms of the puzzles that were in there they also had one of those puzzles where you have to look at the camera and be like do i really have to do this is this the thing that i have to do yeah and those are always like one of some of the best moments for me as yeah well. absolutely i don't think it was that difficult overall as a game maybe if you were scared by the environment but the puzzles themselves were not super hard or anything no And there weren't that many of them either. You had to really explore the house in some, like, sometimes gross ways. Yeah. And you had to put things together that were maybe from different spaces, or you had to find something in one room that you didn't use until the very end, or things that you wouldn't normally think to put together. Like, you had to think, you know? But it still all made perfect sense. Yeah, and I think we definitely got through a little bit of the creepy factor with our random people that we played with who happened Uh, to be awesome Mm -hmm. we always have a hit or miss experience when we play public games and we get paired with random people but i don't think we would have been able to finish this game if it were not for this couple that we were paired with yeah that were so into it Oh my god, it was so hysterical. And they were like new Escape Game fans. Like they had played like five games and were so hyped. Yeah, they were like, we just played our first Escape Game last weekend and we had to come and play this game um, today and we're so excited that we're going to play with you guys. Yeah. And it's going to be so fun. And we didn't find out till after we played that game that they were both haunted house nerds. So essentially, the theme was definitely in their wheelhouse and they were not scared. So like, It was very motivating. Yeah. So if there was anything that we thought was maybe creepy, I mean, I'm afraid of the dark. Like, okay, yes. <laughs> I probably should not be afraid of the dark at my age, but I am. You yeah. know, some things are in the dark that, you know, you just can't see them. Right, because it's right. dark. Yeah. Okay. So I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So he was the first to be like, 
go 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 but he was he was also so considerate he was like go 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 watch your head go 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 (laughs) yeah exactly he was like you need to go go wait watch your step honey like it's gonna be okay like and he would like hold out his hand (laughs) yeah very considerate motivating person but i think that also like boosted our experience like so much yeah for sure as soon as we finished playing that one we were so blown away we immediately wanted to play outer life's other game which is like just it's called disarm yeah, it's a, like a defuse the bomb game. And when our teammates heard that we were going to play this game later that night, they were like, uh, do you guys mind if we come back and play with you again? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, of course. So yeah. a few hours later, we played their other game. Yeah, D- Disarm is also really good. So if you're going to go to Iron Life, it's worth it, I think, t- to check them both out. In our opinion, I think we love Scorch a lot more. Yeah, yes. Simply because we played a lot of, you know, defuse the bomb games. Yeah. Absolutely. um, And Scorch was, like, unlike anything else that we had ever done. Yeah, it was just so different and surprising. Yeah. In terms of Outer Life as a brand, I really think that they made their own name in terms of... It's more of, like, an immersive experience versus, like, you're in a room to do puzzles. Yeah. So I really like that about them. We talked a little bit with our game master after the game and he like showed us their control room and he showed us like different things they do to reset the game, which we found out later they do that for all of their players, which I think is like kind of cool. I mean, it would take up a lot of time. He kind of went over like a play by play. He was like, and then you went in here and Anna did this. Yeah. And then you guys saved yourselves time because you did this. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. He was yeah. so into it. I'm not sure how many more games they're planning on having there at Outer Life, but if they keep it up, I think that they're definitely a venue that is going to be at the top of the Tampa game. Market. Tampa Market. St. Pete Market. Greater Tampa Area Market. Yeah. Yeah. So that is it for our top five for Tampa games. But we had a few other honorable mention games that we wanted to throw in here at the end. Just because we wanted to keep our top five to more of like the core Tampa or like within, you know, half an hour drive of Tampa. We have two games we want to talk about. One that's in Sarasota and another one that's in Newport Ritchie, which are not technically Tampa. But we're not going to do a whole segment on, you know, those small cities. Yeah, so we wanted to give them some love. Absolutely. So the first one that I wanted to mention is Mafia Mayhem, which is... In Sarasota at the venue Escape Reality. What I really liked about this game is that we played a lot of mafia or like mobster speakeasy type games. But this one really stood out because not only was it like a speakeasy that you had to like go into, but you had to find a way to get in. Yeah, like prohibition was happening and alcohol was illegal and people were finding these secret bars So there had to be a secret way to get in, which is perfect for an escape game. Right. So this game actually starts out outside of the speakeasy and you have to find your way in, which I thought was very different. So can you tell us the actual story of this game before I keep ranting about how cool I think speakeasies are? Yes, of course. Our journey through the Roaring Twenties will take you through New York's prohibition scene, teaming with gangsters and criminals all looking for a good time. This room is also home to one of our live actors, who will act as your guide through this perilous adventure. I really wouldn't say it was perilous. Mm-mm, I would disagree with that. Come okay, see well, for yourself if you think you're tough enough. Were we tough enough? No, I think we ran out of time. Yeah, we definitely did. Another super cool thing about this game yeah. is that, you know, it's a speakeasy, right? It's a bar. So there has to be alcohol involved. And this game has real alcohol. (laughs) Yes, not fake alcohol. You actually, there are extra puzzles in the game that if you solve them, like not related to the actual Escape in 60 Minutes puzzles, but if you solve certain extra puzzles, you will find a flask with a mixed drink inside of it. And the actor slash game master slash bartender in the game will pour it for you into a cup with ice and give it to you so you can drink it during your game. Yes. So there was a lot happening, which is why we did not escape. Because we were also like, oh, yes, please, sir, can I have a drink? I will sip this refreshing beverage. Ah. Yes. Also, wait, what's the code? (laughs) Yeah. 
But also, to be clear, this is for players that are over 21. Oh, yeah. They also, in the game, had free drink coupons or something for, like, their regular bar that you could do extra puzzles to find. Mm-hmm. And I think that in total there was maybe, like, four or five of these extra puzzle flask situations. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that was super out there. We had obviously never seen anything like that before, and it was very distracting, but also very fun and very in theme. Yeah, and very immersive. (laughs) The alcohol added to the immersion factor. (laughs) I feel like the real people going to a speakeasy would be ordering drinks. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely unique, I would say. Yeah, a must play if that's Mm -hmm. your kind of thing. And if you're over 21, because that is the drinking age in the US of A. We have one other venue that we're going to mention. It's at Rock Ave Escape Games, which is actually in Newport Ritchie florida they had two games there that we really enjoyed and we also played them recently yeah so we wanted to talk a little bit kind of about their whole shtick instead of like one particular game right so we walk in to this place expecting normal escape game right but the whole thing is a mini town so you walk in and there's a road going down yeah like imagine you walk into like a regular building and as soon as you walk in the door, it's like a long hallway that goes all the way to the end of the building. And when the owner saw that, they they thought, hmm, that kind of looks like a road. And they're like, why don't we make it a road? And each of the walls on either side of the hallway, they turn into facades of buildings in like this little town. Yeah, so like each of their games is set in a different one of those facades. And it's all like... An interconnecting world. Right. It's all, you know, happening on Rock Avenue in right. their little town. Exactly. Of Davenport, I think it yes, is. Yes, Davenport. Our game master greeted us and she was dressed as the town sheriff. And she mm-hmm. was asking about our robbery experience rather than asking about our escape game experience. Yeah. So it was cool. It was all like in character all the way. And she was talking about even like their clue delivery system and all this stuff. It was all completely immersion in theme. Mm -hmm. Not like you have 60 minutes and there is a screen and it will have clues on it. Yeah. Which is not bad. Right. No. It's just really cool when, you know, there's that extra step taken to make it actually a little bit more immersive. Yeah. One of the overarching themes of their games is that a certain town's person has gone missing and you have to figure out what it is, the why he's gone missing. Um, there's a rumor going around the town that he was trying to build a time machine. You don't know if he actually did it. If he didn't, what happened? So their first game in their interconnecting series is Apartment AI. And you have to basically break into this missing town's person's apartment to try to figure out what it is that happened to him. And then encounter some AI. Yes, indeed. Why it's called Apartment AI. The second game is History Mystery, where you are in the town historical society and additionally trying to figure out more clues about what happened um, to this missing townsperson. And throughout the game, you're actually like interacting with the different dioramas and the Mm -hmm. different displays in the museum. So I thought that that was really different and obviously in theme which we always appreciate. Both of their games uses a really cool story element, which is their AI alley, A-L-I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But the way that she's integrated in both games and in the story overall is really fun and definitely something unique. Yeah, I loved the alley part of it as well. It like added a whole level of, you know, like... Interactivity. Yeah, it added a whole level of interactivity with the game itself, and it felt less like, oh, I'm trying to play a game, and more like you're actually in a room with this, like, technology that's trying to work against you. It's definitely worth the trip to check them out. They just didn't fit in our Tampa bubble. Yeah. Also, stay tuned for their third game, which should be coming out soon, I hope, at least. Maybe we can actually find out what happened to this missing townsperson. And if there's a time machine or not. Is there a time machine? I don't know. I don't know. All right. So that ends our roundup of our top five favorite games for 
Tampa market. Jocelyn is making fun of me because I made a little <laughs> swirly symbol with my hand when I said roundup, but whatever. Do you have any final thoughts about Tampa in general or like any of the games we've talked about? No, I think we covered it all. And we talked a little bit about each of the venues specifically because I think not just the five games that we talked about, but each of those venues has a great offering of total games. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a lot to play in Tampa and it's definitely worth the trip if you are within a couple hours. Yeah, definitely. And I think that over the years that we've been playing games in Tampa, I mean, we played some a few years ago in Tampa that are even out of business now. But I think that these that we've talked about today are really going to stick around for a long time simply because they know what it is that customers want and they're able to deliver like a really immersive story driven experience. All of them that we've talked about are even all locally owned yeah, none of them are chains. Yeah, enthusiast-started yeah. venues. And, I mean, not just for enthusiasts, though. A lot of them are great for beginners as well to get acquainted with the industry and to fall in love with escape games, as we have. Yeah. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that note, we hope that you enjoyed listening to our favorite games in Tampa. If you have any thoughts about what we've talked about today, uh, shoot us an email or shoot us a twit on the tweeter. Um, uh, I know. You can follow us at, at ESC Expeditions on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Instagram is just Escape Expeditions. I believe so. Escape Expeditions. We have. Remember last episode I said, do we have an Instagram? And you said no. We have since started an Instagram. Yes. So you can find us on whatever social media network you Hold dear. Yes, we're everywhere. We're all over the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, give us a follow if you want. If you have any um, requests for things you want us to talk about, let us know. We're always here to collab and to listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Go ahead. That reminded me. We are gonna do video versions of these podcasts, mm-hmm. which are gonna come out on the following Monday. So give Jocelyn enough time to edit them. Yeah, because I'm one person. Indeed. So the audio version of the podcast will be out on Tuesdays, and then the video version of that same episode will come out on the following Monday. Yep. So any way you like to consume your escape game knowledge, we're here for you. We would like to say thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Adios. Ta-da! Your destination is on your left. The end of this podcast.